Welcome everyone to a very special, very special episode of Pros and Cons. <laughs> I'm Rob, this time not alone. Alone? I never was. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop doing Rise of Skywalker things at some point. It's like I I I I drank several gallons of cold vomit and it's just bubbling out when I open my mouth. And well, I'm very sorry thing, about that. Though I'm pretty sure that what you asked me to do was you sent me to this in the mail with a note attached that says as I once fell so shall you yeah I mean I did feel a little guilty like when I actually got the confirmation email and thought about these books actually physically being given to you coming into your possession and living in your home I did feel guilt a little bit of shame uh, but certainly an alluring sense of the power of evil yeah, I'm Quinn, by the way. Yeah, joined by Quinn. What we're doing here, we're going to go through each section, not chapter, but like morning, afternoon, evening of this book in a separate discussion and mostly just sort of catch up on Quinn's impression of this work of literary genius by our very good friend, Mikol Ostow. And and I'm just going to take them on kind of a kind of a walking tour of hell uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll we'll pick out some good bits. We'll get reactions. I'm sure we'll discover some new perspectives on this interesting work. So I don't I, I don't know. We may as well just get into it. Yeah, I guess so. The section that we're discussing is not that chonky. It's like. What? Let's see. Oh, it's 96 pages, but it's uh, a... 93 pages, including cutting stuff off for the, like, flyleaf and title yeah. page and all that stuff. It's, uh, but and it's like, a... Uh... These are widely spaced, pretty big words here. Also, there's several chapter beginnings and endings that are exchanges of text messages. Just just filling up those pages. I don't want to say that Mikola Ostow knocked this thing out in a weekend, but... There is effort involved in my not saying that, and I want the mm. listeners to appreciate how hard I am not saying that she wrote this in a weekend. Yeah, so this this first section, and maybe it's because I've become so, like, inured to the madness of Riverdale, especially having gone through season two. Oh, yeah. Well, and, like, apparently... There are two more seasons, and they're worse. So, like, oh, I can't yeah. wait for that, but we're, we're Can't paying... wait to learn about the serial killer gene. Again, it's important when you have a long narrative saga to pay proper respect to every part of it. Right, yes. So we need to go through the books in the places they fall in the Riverdale timeline. Mm -hmm. We will get to season three and season four of Riverdale. Don't you fucking worry about it. Yeah, we'll get there. But I'm so inured to, like, the tone and the pace and the surreality of what's to come that this washes over in an almost forgettable mundanity. I think that that may be why, like, the chapter-by-chapter chapter episodes I did were so focused on, like, strange things of literary formatting and perspective and things like that. Oh, that's definitely at play here. Because those those were, like, uniquely, like, you have to be a book to fuck up a book. 
in a specific way. <laughs> right. You know, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, this character sure is crazy. Like, the, yeah, of course, we're really used to that. What we're not used to is some of the wild shit that this book pulls in terms of, like, pacing and, like, how information is conveyed. Oh, like, in the first chapter, or, like, the first Betty chapter, when she's talking about meeting Rad Brad, like, Rad Brad comes up. Oh, boy. And then things move in a way that in no way indicate that we're flashing back. <laughs> and recounts the story of us meeting of of betty meeting rad brad and i was actually reading this aloud i started this on thanksgiving i started reading like the first three or four chapters aloud to joe and we had a moment of like looking at each other and questioning who is this creep like who the <laughs> fuck is this guy what the fuck is going on this is seriously unnerving and it's like, it's, oh, it's, it's weird. It's Rad Brad? Okay. Y you, why didn't you make it clear that this was a flashback? He recognizes the Toni Morrison book that she's just carrying around with her as like her Linus from Peanuts security blanket. And it's so weird that her security blanket book is a book about like child abuse and incest and stuff. It seems pretty on brand for Betty Cooper at this point. And frankly, for like the inclusion of literary meta stuff that is really tonally inappropriate just for Riverdale in general, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Again, like, some of the ways that this is weird are just the same ways that Riverdale is weird, and it feels like in some ways such an admirable adaptation, because, like, the insanity is ported over to text so well, somehow. That's the thing that gets me, I think, is even with all of the, I mean, perhaps even especially because of the structural foibles of the book, it does capture the tone of Riverdale very, very well, especially that f early first season stuff before before it really tries to, like, blow out your gourd. Yeah. But, like, that sort of... I was going to say subtle. Nothing about this is subtle. <laughs> um, That sort of egregious call-out to making these references to the way that they're writing the, the voice of the characters. It, it's all so overblown in this incredibly deeply Riverdalian way. The avalanche of brand names in Veronica Chapters fucking sends me. Oh yeah, I fucking love it. Love it, love it, love it. How do we get this particular kind of insufferability without a performance attached? I know. We will just triple the brand names <laughs> and references and celebrity name drops. Mm-hmm. It is so very, very much. I do appreciate the way that Nicole Ostow, in the very first scene that Dilton Doily is in, makes it clear that she agrees that he belongs in prison. Yes, she's like, this disgusting worm, look on him. This piece of shit. So that was, that was nice. Yeah, it's a, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But yeah, like, let's, uh... Let's go through the things that really made an impression on you in this, the setup section of a book that is really nothing but setup. Because again, like, what a weird choice. Doing a prequel to a TV show that is the start of a story, but like, the same characters literally one day before the, like, in the title, they, they've, they've hanged themselves. Yes. Because you can't do a story. No. Because you only have one day, and, like, what's happening that day? The background of the story that you already saw on TV. Right. All of the stuff that will not really matter. Yeah, things can fall into two camps in this book. Stuff that just doesn't matter and won't ever come up again, 
and stuff that like you could already just infer from having watched the show <laughs> right it, it's very much that so stuff that like stuck with me like this weird fourth of july ritual <laughs> that jughead particularly seems to be deeply obsessed with yeah there's a little bit of an inconsistency because obviously that's not in the show and like <laughs> yeah it's the only thing on earth he fucking cares about one day before the show starts right it is seriously he's like everything <laughs> in my life is shit I come into Pops, I eat another fucking cheeseburger, he's just gonna let me fucking take it for free, I don't care, whatever. I eat my cheeseburger with one entire onion on it and think about death. And then the only thing that can make me feel anymore is if I can reconnect with my old friend Archie and go go to this fucking 4th of July festival, and it's just nowhere in the show. There's also, yep. I think in that first chapter with Jughead, him like seeing Archie through his window and making some deeply troubling comments. <laughs> uh. I don't know if you remarked upon that in your read through. I don't think I did, but if I can find, I sighed and fished my phone out of my pocket. You up? I texted feeling like a creep on a booty call instead of just a regular, if mildly freaky sulking guy checking in with a friend. There you go. That's the business. Like, <laughs> what is there to say about that? Like, I, I don't like that's his internal monologue. That's what he's like. It would be weird to find out that that's what he's thinking, except it's even extra weird that we're finding out that's what he's thinking because we get his thoughts so much in the show. Right. He's the narrator. He's the fucking narrator. And you find out that the narrator has an additional layer of internal life that's weird. It's just as trite, but it's just weird. Yeah, yeah, it's just weirder. He self-censors a bit for the show. So, there's that. I will say, almost any time there is an email in this book, I have a physiological reaction to the names of the people <laughs> emailing the Queen Cat Josie at Pussycats.net. Oof. Hugs and hisses. Hugs and hisses. Oh, here's something that really fucking weirds me out, is uh, the spelling, like, this really just kept getting me. The way that they spell Miha is a way I've never seen Miha spelled before. Hmm. I've only ever seen it spelled uh, M-I-J-A. And I don't know, I, I live in San Diego, it's a border town, that's just how I see people around here spell it? I Oh yeah, that's totally different. M apostrophe H-I-J-A. It's like the fucking Star Wars version of it. And like, I don't know if it's a different dialect, like, it's I mean, not Mexican maybe, Spanish. But it doesn't really sound like a different dialect in the show when they say it a hundred thousand times. No, it doesn't. Since we're at the start of this Veronica thing, I'm just gonna shout out again to my one of my favorite characters in the book, Schrodinger's friend, Katie. <laughs> oh, yes. Love it. Not even mentioned until she's being spoken to. Like, two pages or whatever into the chapter. It's it's so amazing. She's there the whole time. She's just not there. mentioned. Not introduced. <laughs> like, hey, Katie, what do you think about this? Some kind of hollow ghoul. <laughs> she just pops into existence. Like a fucking hologram person, I guess. Yeah. Katie. <laughs> Katie. She what exists. pizza places are open here? <laughs> like... <laughs> It's it's a it's a weird God. choice. Yeah, she's like a Janet from The Good Place. It's like the Rick and Morty of live action comedies. Like it has good ideas and bad fans. Anyway. Yep. Um. God. The the whole Devil Wears Prada thing 
for Veronica is kind of wild to me. <sighs> Working at Vogue. <laughs> Setting sail on the SS loophole. Oh my god. That... <laughs> that... That made me want to die, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that's, uh... That is the name of a real yacht, of a real businessman trying to go legit. The SS Loophole. (laughs) Let's see. This was uh, published this year, though. This year? Oh, my. Yeah, and there's like three and four on the way. Yeah, Yeah, like. Bang these fuckers out. I know. That continues to be my working theory. I'm just saying that in the post-Trump years, like the SS loophole, being that brazen and stupid is much more reasonable than it would have been before. Oh, yeah. But it's it's still a lot to, to handle, to reckon with. Right. I also think it's really weird that they introduced this thing where Betty, like, gets Veronica's number to do an interview with Veronica. And, like, I don't know if that happens or not well i'm not gonna spoil it for you but yeah it's very weird to be setting up like a meeting and connection between characters who meet each other in the show it's fucking weird unless like someone got their memory wiped i mean there are a few things in this book that's like how did this happen how did everyone just forget about it right so the archie chapter the first Archie chapter. I don't like how much he's talking about Geraldine. Like, that whole thing is just like, oh boy. It wasn't great to come back to that after we were done with yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, okay. Like, I fucking <laughs> I hate like, all oh this. like, oh god, this book is gonna have that, isn't this it? Blows. God damn it. Stop it. I think it's really weird that they need to give, like, a backstory to Archie picking up the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, they gotta fill the pages with something. Oh no, this is my old Stratocaster. You don't touch another man's git fiddle, Archie. <laughs> Like, you have your own and you know it. And he's like, oh, right, I do. I forgot. (laughs) I guess I'll pick up music now. Oh, man. (laughs) Like, just taking levels in himbo in in this book. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, there's one thing I found completely fucking incomprehensible. Uh, And I think it's at the very end of his first chapter. Yeah. And that's when I can't figure out what the fuck this means. Where Geraldine says, can't wait, meet here after dinner, we'll head to the woods? Question mark. Archie, lowercase y, palm tree emoji. Geraldine, hard eyes emoji. (laughs) I somehow missed that. Delete thread? I've got it now. On page 49. What does that mean? Lowercase y, palm tree emoji. I'm like, that's not even the weed one. It's like, okay, hold on, why palm why tree? Why leaf? I don't get it. There's, aren't there like other tree things? Th- like there's for, gotta. They be. were talking about the woods. I'm looking at the Google e- emoji keyboard right be. now. There's gotta be more. Oh, Google's is very limited. Let's go to Twitter. This is this is the content you crave, listeners. We're doing research. We are we are we are digging into this. Oh yeah. Uh, we, we need to know. We need to know. Where's the animals in nature? Okay, here we go. Here we go. We got a lot of animals. Oh, yeah. We have a Christmas tree, a pine tree that is not a Christmas tree, a sort of roundy top normal. See, we've got a, a standard deciduous and a standard coniferous tree. Right. Quinn. We got we got those. Then we've got a palm tree. So this show being you know, set somewhere in the ambiguous New England and Canada area is uh, 
it's either New England or Pacific Northwest right. or something. There's Canada nearby somehow. Mm-hmm. And you can't really tell where it is except that Canada is not far away. Right. Because there's like old money, but then also there's maple syrup. I, dude, I don't know. Oh, this <laughs> I, I don't know. This book also continues somewhere. I can't remember the exact line, but there's this continued confusion as to exactly how fucking old Riverdale a, as a town is. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It like completely like it doesn't stack with like the anniversary celebrations in the show. And I think maybe is even internally inconsistent in this actual... Oh, I love it. Great. Yeah, there's something that they say at some point that I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, so Nicole Ostow is from New York. So it's not what I thought. I had two theories for the palm tree emoji. You ready for them? All right, go ahead. I mean, the one that I think it's landing on is pretty great, too. But I was thinking that maybe, you know, if she was a California author, maybe that was just, like, what she thought trees were. (laughs) And so, like, didn't think, oh, wait, that's the wrong kind of tree. But what I actually think is that whatever she was typing it on, when you put tree, autofills to palm tree, because that's the one she's used the most. Mm-hmm. And that made it to the book. Mm-hmm. That's that. I'm. I, that's where I'm putting my money. My chips are on that one, Quinn. I mean, honestly, it still doesn't help me interpret <laughs> what why tree means. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't help. I'm just like, look. I'm accepting that not all of this can be deciphered. I'm just trying to do what we mortals can. Right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I found in the second Betty chapter, like, the conversation about wallpaper to be just... Holy shit. Insufferable. Well, I mean, like, okay, let's just back up a second. There's a conversation about wallpaper in this book, <laughs> and we have to read it. And it's... It's supposed to be an important conversation. It is, like, tense. There's stakes to this wallpaper conversation. The major implications for her career. I nearly choked on an edamame bean. By the way, Hello Giggles is real. It's real? It's real. It's not made up. It's a real company. I genuinely thought that it was a BuzzFeed alike. And then they name drop BuzzFeed. And I'm like, Hello Giggles is an entertainment and lifestyle website launched May 2011. It was founded by Zoe Deschanel uh, along with some producers. My head hurts. Well, they put they put Veronica down in Vogue. They're just like, you You don't fucking care what happens in this book. You're not going to sue us. <laughs> fucking like, they're literally counting on no one even noticing that, like, there's tons of real brand names and, like, stuff taking place what? at the offices of real companies. Who would? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think the people trying to build Vogue brand awareness are, are reading the day before? I mean... It's in Walmart. Someone's reading it. That's the thing. Yep. The reason that this podcast fucking exists is that I was waiting for my, like, tires to be changed. Or my oil or something. And I retreated to the book aisle in Walmart because I knew no one would be there. And I was right. But while there were no humans, I saw this fucking monstrosity staring out at me from the shelf. (sighs) Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's just full of real stuff, like just used without permission. Obviously, used without permission. But we can't we can't fall down this hole. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. I really don't like the L.A. Betty thing. Oh no, it sucks. You're not even like you have no con- you have no conception of how much it sucks. Just just wait. Oh god, wait LA till we Betty get into the other worse? sections. It doesn't get better. No day but today. It's it far more baffling. L.A. Betty rides again. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, and then. Uh, coming here to the end of that Betty chapter, I do not like the text exchange between Kevin and Moose. You're going to be at the Twilight tonight? Yeah. 
Midge never messes the Independence Day thing. Dot, dot, dot. But. Oh my god. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this dot, is dot, literally dot. bad fan fiction. Question mark? Translated into text. Like, there's all these ellipses. <laughs> there's, there's three ellipses in three sentences like no i'm gonna i'm gonna point out that between the the ellipses and the question mark about half a page is taken up by one word and dots yep uh, so kevin says question mark moose says maybe we could meet up after and then kevin says we'll see like that doesn't sound coy like because we know she's not afraid to use emojis kevin just got really distant yeah no you're right but this is how you knock out like a nearly 300 page book in no time. Mm-hmm. That's where you can start to really appreciate the technique. Mm-hmm. So here it is where things get weird is in chapter six with the timeline where Jughead's talking to Pop about Bonnie and Clyde. Right. I think I did catch this in the blow by blow. Also, shout outs to Nick St. Clair, who shows up in this book in the Veronica sections. Fucking make me puke. Oh, Yes. This managed to resurrect what two out of the three sexual abusers that they uh that they put into Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think Chuck is in it, if I remember correctly. I fucking hope not. But that's like it. And I, I'm, the Jughead chapters are just nothing. They're nothing chapters. Oh God, it's they are so meandery. Right. Like it's just I'm thinking about this, and you know. Thinking about this makes me think about this other thing, which makes me think about this other thing. And like, oh, looks like the it's been ten pages, so we're good. Right, like, oh, hit it, boom, move on. Deuces, other character, please. It's like, okay, yeah, we have this one conversation or like interaction that is going to frame this chapter, and it's going right. to be like three to four pages of meandering prelude, and then oh yeah, three to four pages of meandering follow up. So like, Veronica's chapters are just brand names, and like being insufferable archie's chapters are just angst about being in a really messed up statutory rape relationship god yeah jughead's chapters are just like pretentious stream of consciousness Mm -hmm. and then betty's chapters i don't want to spoil it because they get really weird you know that tracks with the trajectory of riverdale that's like that's like where there's some actual story is in Betty's they chapters, put so much and weird it shit is on fucking Betty. bizarre. So I I can believe that. Also, for some reason, they do give Dilton one of like the most reasonable callouts to Jughead in this this chapter, and one of the most reasonable callouts in they terms can smell of like, their own. The whole fucking structure of Riverdale. You're from the South Side, Jug. I don't know why it's so hard for you to believe that Riverdale could have layers, Jughead. I bristled at the mention of class warfare. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. Dilton Doily sends an email to his scouts about what they need to bring for their uh, camp out. So that's two pages. Mm -hmm. There is a fishing report. There's a fishing report. Sweetwater River. Then there's at the end of this chapter, a wild exchange between Clifford Blossom and Jason. And then yeah. Jason Blossom and Polly. Yeah, it's true. Again, that a lot of ellipses. Happen. Where are we at? Page 73. It does end with a couple kissing and a baby emojis. <laughs> yep. It's really good. God, yeah, this this Veronica chapter that follows is dog shit. Um, <laughs> she does some soul cycle. She talks to a rapist. Mm-hmm. End of story. <laughs> the rapist confesses to her. Then I think this is actually like move aside Hemingway. 
This text exchange is deeply, profoundly sad. <laughs> Just three texts from Midge. Okay. Moose, we on for Twilight tonight? Any chance you can get away earlier? Don't leave me hanging, Moose! KK, you must be super busy. TTYL, and hopefully see you too, hard eyes emoji. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it is sad. <laughs> Everybody in this, like, three-person cheating weird situation are being, like, distant and uncommunicative with each other. And nothing happens. It's just pages. Yep. And then there's... They're not perspective characters and they don't do anything in the book. It's, it's so like, weird. hey, remember these people from the show? Cool. All right. This This next Archie chapter is weird. I'm glad Cheryl shows up, but it's like... She's got to collect her check for the book, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, but it's like it's a nothing exchange. I think the thing with like the forks in the football field. Uh, okay, you did it. That's just something that happened in Nicole Ostos High School. Probably. Probably. Cheryl has reflexes like a cat. Yes, Cheryl has reflexes like a cat. She'll scratch you if you catch her off guard. And like Archie's... Archie's reaction to the fucking... The force was like... It, it was insane. Okay, <laughs> I guess so. Seems like a fucking mundane prank to me. Yeah, I'm gonna say... People took the big screen TVs in my cafeteria... And connected, like, a VCR with little person porn on it... Fully duct taping the VCR shut... And duct taping the power cord into the wall and using a screwdriver to remove the power off button from the televisions. That's a lot. Teachers had to just stand in front of it uh, until they, like, had someone remove enough tape to unplug the TVs. Jeez. I feel like that is higher impact than, like, oh, look, we did a little bit of creative littering. <laughs> oh. Oh. You'll have to pick up these forks. Yes. And you'll have to bend down slightly less than if we had put in a lot less effort. <laughs> it, it's a lot to, to take in. And then I don't understand the last two sentences of, of this chapter of Archie's. Let's see what I can do to help. I mean, I understand what is being said, but I don't understand how these two ideas are related to each other. I mean, the guy who was with him was pretty recognizable. You'd have to be. With a name like Moose. <laughs> um, what you are named changes what you look like. Yes. You cannot be an unremarkable Moose. And then yeah, it closes out on um, a wonderful exchange between JJ Blossom at MapleFarm.net and BombshellC at MapleFarm.net, re-sister, and uh, they use the word twin tuition. So, lovely. Love yes. a good twin tuition. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, a lot of this just kind of washed over me. I'm hoping that it picks up a little bit, actually. Like, it's it's smooth, easy reading. But nothing fucking happens. No, nothing happens. Nothing at all. Again, this is a prequel that only gives itself one day back it, from the start of... Either she or whoever was doing brand, like, tie-in stuff, like whoever was producing that, I would I would say they probably just fucked up. In terms of the conceptualization of this one. Quinn, I've got bad news for you. Have you looked at what the second book is about? No. It's about an attempt between seasons two and three of Riverdale for Archie's friends to get him out of jail. Oh, fucking A. It is something that literally can't succeed and can't have lasting impact on the story. <laughs> 
You will never leave this hell. You're we're here forever now, Quinn. I cannot wait for Archie Andrews and the Curry of Life. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Uh cuz that's that's where we're at. I mean, it is literally just like the worst filler. We just covered 93 pages of prose, but, like, literally we barely missed, like, even in how scattered we were, we didn't really miss anything that happened. No, because nothing happens. Nothing fucking happens in this book. Jughead wants to go to the fucking jamboree. (laughs) Betty makes a bunch of terrible decisions. Veronica Lodge does nothing. Uh, Crucially, Betty makes terrible decisions, but is very excited about career opportunities here. Yes. That will be important throughout. Veronica Lodge does nothing. Nothing. And then we have Archie's pedophile adventure. (laughs) I wasn't ready to hear that. It's Uh. awful. It's truly awful. (laughs) God. Uh, Yeah, but that's, that's Riverdale the day before... Uh, morning. I'll be interested when you finish up afternoon and we knock out that recording. Yeah, it will. If you, if you feel like it, you know, if it changes gears, if it kicks it up a notch or not. I hope so. Like, the thing is, maybe it's because the chapters are so short and the text size is so big. At least it's eminently readable. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I could read this whole thing in an... Less than an afternoon, probably, if I wanted to. Also, afternoon is longer. It is. But there's also more weird shit in it. Okay. Too. Well, I have that to look forward to. And then evening is uh, pretty short. Evening is like 50 pages. Nothing interesting ever happens in the evening in Riverdale. Certainly not. Wait a minute. No, no, this, that's bullshit. Evening is when zombie nuns chase you, Oh, Quinn. no, I know. That was, that was <laughs> irony. That was sarcasm. Uh... But yeah, that's that's Riverdale the day before. We, we're, we're one third, one chunk of the way through. Nothing has happened. Everything's very strange. And like, it really is like you are reading about how she filled the pages more than you're reading about anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, Quinn, thank you for joining me on this very, very stupid podcast about a very, oh, very stupid book. Thank you for having me. Thank you for... You know, displacing the the fiscal responsibility of this, and uh, I should be back. I a do lot again. Sooner. I feel guilt. No, I I'm enjoying it, and honestly, I I hate to admit it, but this is the first book I've read for pleasure. I like, I quote, can't. Unquote, pleasure I can't hear this, Quinn. You're hurting me in in far too long. I've only been reading uh, role playing texts and oh. like articles or texts assigned to me for graduate school, sure. or that are relevant to like professional development. Makes perfect sense. And so it's like, oh, I have a couple Star Wars novels that have been released in the last couple of years I just, that I've been meaning Quinn, to read. let me just promise to you that this isn't books. Books is not this. This ain't books. <laughs> XXX. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And, like, it'll be very fun to, like, when I do my trademark exhaustive over-detailed examination of each section of three chapters on the next one to have you along oh, to read. I'm very looking forward to To share to in your reactions and, and we'll, like, it'll be like season one of Pros and Cons, but with more in-jokes. Right, yeah, exactly. So, it'll be great. So, yeah. <laughs> it'll be fantastic. I mean, and I'll say, like, thus far my experience with the book is, um, it's not quite exactly like, um, but I am reminded of that video of a raccoon who winds up grabbing a giant piece of cotton candy and running down to a river. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. It doesn't know what happened. And I'm I'm less sad. I'm sort of just if the raccoon laughed. It's like, oh, 
did I just have an experience? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to more of that. Uh, yep. All but right. I gotta make like a hijiki salad and go meet Rad Brad. <laughs> so, uh, for River News and River Don'ts, and consequently for pros and cons, I've been Rob. I've been Quinn. And we're gonna see you in the afternoon. <laughs> Ooh. Quinn, I just realized that this book, this Riverdale tie-in young adult prequel novel may not be the worst piece of narrative that we discuss this week. <laughs> oh, fuck. You're right. <laughs> like, I... What the fuck? <laughs> That's like, it's not even... <laughs> A contest to me. Like, holy shit. <laughs>